This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 346, in conversation with two indie creators. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, this is episode 346. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and today I sit down with two indie creators to talk about their comic books and comic book companies. First up, we've got Jimmy Wall of Common Anomaly Comics, as he talks about uh, his comic Soulbinder. It's a really fun conversation. And then second up, we've got David Marquez on the show to talk from Old Skull, Old Skull Comics. Um, so I talked with uh, David about a month or so ago. We recorded a quick episode. Uh, he was busy working on, uh, again, creating Old Skull Comics and uh, some of the products for them. So we have that coming up. Um, uh, that'll be our second interview. But first up, we've got our conversation with Jimmy Wall. Again, it was a really good conversation to talk about uh, his upcoming uh, third issue of his Soulbinder comic. Uh, the two issues that are already out are on Comixology. We'll talk about more about his process, creating the comic, where it came from, um, as well as a little bit of our, our secret shared history uh, on an old comic book uh, forum, uh, back when those were more of a thing and before Facebook and with the whatnot to kind of uh, took away um, the importance of those types of old school communities back when V Bulletin was more of a thing. Um, so let's just jump right in as I chat with, uh, with Jimmy to talk about his comic Soulbinder. Jimmy, thank you for joining Comic Shenanigans today. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. Well, um, so you're our first kind of indie comic creator that we've had on the show. Um, so this is exciting. So let's uh, let's establish who, who is Jimmy Wall. Jimmy Wall is a comic writer, former stand-up comedian uh, based out of Boston. I, I'm the writer-creator of the comic book Soulbinder, which is a tiny imprint. It's really, it's my company. Um, I'm the, literally the only employee <laughs> and, uh, it's under my brand of common anomaly comics, which I hope to expand to include, um, several other comics I have in development. Um, none of which have seen the light of day outside of my laptop monitor. Okay. Well, that's still, that's still more than most of us have. So even, even, that's... even having the thoughts is more than enough. I hope so. <laughs> Now, what uh, what kind of? Well, let's let's go back. Let's go way back. So, what was your first kind of interaction with comics as a fan? As a fan, it was um, when I was probably like six or seven years old. The uh, hostess sold these like modified cupcakes that looked like baseballs, and the packages came with little um, like two by three comics, and there was one about Wolverine. And it was just this quick little story, one shot, and I fell in love. And from there, it's I just started going more and more into it. Um, I lost track of it for a bit, but as an adult, um, right before the original Marvel Civil War, I got really, really big into it. And it's just been down the rabbit hole ever since. <laughs> now, I guess we first crossed paths back at the old Comic Stream website, right? Yes. Man, that feels like ages ago. It's, I mean, almost 10 years at this point. Yeah, I think I started writing for them in 2004, so it's like 10, 12 years since I started. I wrote there for five or six years as as reviewer, and uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what happened to that. It's web forums have gone the way of the dodo. They're extinct. They've been replaced by Facebook groups and 
stuff like that. It's just the web form had its time, and now it's gone. It's MySpace. It's just yeah. It, it's still there on the internet, but no one uses it. So wh- where does the name Common Anomaly come from? Because I remember that being your screen handle way back when, and now it's the name of your comic book company. Um, that started as uh, an ill-conceived idea that I could play music. Uh, a buddy of mine, we were jamming in uh, during high school. Uh, we, we would just bring our instruments in and play in the music room during our study sessions. And uh, we decided we were going to have a band, and I came up with the name Common Anomaly. It's a, it's fun to say. It's uh, yeah, it's idiosyncratic, um, but it's just something that's kind of stuck. Hmm. Yeah, because obviously that was your that's your brand identity in many different ways. Yes, I, I use that screen name everywhere that I don't use my real name. Now, what led you to decide I'm going to make the jump? I love comics, and now I'm going to create comics. Um. Really, the idea for Soulbinder um, is something that goes, like, it's been in my head for years, and I'd envisioned it as a movie, but that's really a pipe dream. It's kind of, it's it's similar to The Crow, so it's like I knew that wasn't going to happen, and I was talking, I, re- I reconnected with a friend from elementary school named Tony Sedani, and he had put out his own comic called Return to Rander, and... It was. It turns out that like we grew up like right around the corner from each other, lost connections, and then when we we met back up as adults, like living a mile away, and he was doing this, and we talked about it, and he recommended that I turn this idea that became Soulbinder into a comic, hmm. and now, it just made sense. Now, what? Uh, now, just for our listeners, like what? What? How how do you go about creating your own comic? Because it's I mean we you hear about it people you know put out their own books but no one always talk not not everyone talks about exactly how that works what the mechanics of it the financials of it like how does how does the process work in terms of finding you know a creative partner to you know obviously build the illustrator like walk us through creating Soulbinder number one. That was um, I, I mean I sat down I spent about four months like working out the story and how I wanted each issue to break down and once I had a finalized script for issue one of like the beginning middle end all of it written out I went online um, I found I think I used digital webbing which is a website and they've got all kinds of postings so I registered on that posted a listing and um, you know I was offering payment that's something a, a lot of writers we'll post this thing online and they want to promise, you know, exposure to the artists. And I didn't want to lie and say that I could promise exposure. <laughs> um, so I offered money. <laughs> I, so I, I saved up, I, I posted what I was willing to pay and I got 175, 180 responses. Wow. From willing artists on there. Um, some were out of my price range. Um, others, it just, it wasn't, the artwork wasn't that great or appealing to me, but I, I got an, I got a response from Aaron Bolduck, who's my artist. I loved his work. Um, he was interested in the project. We talked a little more about it. He was enthusiastic, and I, it just worked. So we reached a contract agreement. You know, for me to pay him, he did all the artwork. He uh, he did the cover for the first issue, mm-hmm. and then. Um, my friend Tony uh, hooked me up with his friend Joe, who's a letterer, who also does his own comic artwork. 
And then from there, I launched a Kickstarter to help me finance printing it. Wow. And then once, so how long did the Kickstarter campaign last? It was 30 days. Okay. And I guess obviously you met your goal? Um, yeah, I think my I think I set my goal at 1200 and the final number was like 13 or 1400 A lot of that was family helping out um, and doing a big part of it. But there were some friends and some randoms that joined in on it. I, I learned a lot about running a Kickstarter campaign and I would do things a little bit differently next time if I was going to do that again mm-hmm. um, but I mean as with the as of the second issue it's all self-financed I'm paying for everything out of pocket okay now with the so let's say first issue you get it all printed uh, now where do you go what do you do uh, for me I submitted to comicsology to get it on there um, and that's it's it got accepted thankfully. And it's been up on there, but also I brought it around to local comic book shops. There's a chain in my area. They have seven locations. Uh, I brought it to them. They agreed to carry it, so they put it on the shelves. Um, and then I've gone to a couple of other you know, comic shops, like individual chains, and they've picked them up. Boston is, uh, is very good with the indie scene and like supporting us and taking care of us, which is which is good. Absolutely. And so 2014 saw the release of issue number one. I believe 2015 saw the release of issue number two. So are you hard at work at issue number three? Uh, I am. Um, well, my work is pretty much done on that as far as a writer goes. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, turning, you know, turning into the publisher soon. Um, you know, taking that, you know, that role on again. Um, but Aaron is hard at work on issue three taking care of that and really ramping up the story, bringing everything up to the next level from issue two. Now, how, um, I, this sounds, seems like a silly question, but how many issues do you project this story to run or is it meant to kind of keep going or is the initial story kind of finite? Uh, this story is, um, it's going to be five issues, but overall Soulbinder is something I view as a franchise. The, in concept, that there's a new Soulbinder every ten years, so it's a generational thing, kind of inspired by Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. So it give, that'll give me the opportunity to tell different stories, different eras. I've put, I put out a short that I sold at Boston Comic Con last year, and I'll be selling it at Free Comic Book Day this year, wherever I end up. Okay. Um, and that's set. I mean, where the comic Soulbinder that I've put out is set in the year two thousand. Um, with some flashbacks to 1980, the short story I've got, and I'm working, I'm working on turning that into like a 125 page novella. Uh, that's set during the first crusade. So it's set from 1090 to 1099. Okay. Hmm. Now for those who haven't read Spellbinder and you're really, sorry, Soulbinder, sorry. Uh, and you really should, what, uh, what would you tell them to, to kind of lure them in, to entice them to give your book a try and to download it on Comixology or to track down issues? Um, Soulbinder is a like fun detective story that's got some serious elements, a love story, uh, you know, tragic backstory. It's, um, it feels a lot like the, the movie Seven and the movie C- The Crow. Like if those two things came together... <laughs> That's really the, the feel of it. So it's it's got the detective drama. 
it's got some humor. It's it's all about the mystery of it, um, with some fun, gruesome death scenes. <laughs> what was it that made you want to write something that was a, that kind of combination that had detective work that also had you know that kind of supernatural bend? Like what what about your mind kind of went that direction? I've always been fascinated with like that level of story, like the street level heroes. It's just like. You know, as much as the character is big and huge, Superman doesn't appeal to me. It's he's got all these powers. I'd rather read about the Captain Americas, the Batmans, and this. So really, like it's it's a story about this about the detective who has you know no powers, nothing at all. He's just a regular guy, and his whole world is crumbling around him, and he's trying to rebuild himself from that. And that's that's a story that appeals. That it's true for me, even where I've. I've had my world kind of tumble around me and I have to figure out what's going on and what the cause of it is and what I can do about it. The uh, tragic uh, kind of backstory for your main detective and kind of the issues he has kind of moving on with his life. Um, any particular inspirations for how you, he, like, he feels very real, I guess is the point I'm trying to get at. Like he feels lived in, like this is an actual person and who's gone through like kind of a regular trauma that people do go through. Where did that inspiration come from? That's straight up right out of my life. I've been in his place. So I know how to live that. I know how to, I know how to feel that where it's, there's just, everything feels empty and the people around you want you to, get back to yourself and that path is really difficult sometimes did you find it easier to write him or to write the kind of his, his partner who's kind of kind of the fun one um well it's they're both in a way parts of me the the partner who's the fun one is me when i'm normal and the main character long is the, the partner tim the main character is me a couple of years ago when i when i really I, I was in a relationship and that ended as tragically as possible without involving a death or anything like that. And um, that's where I was. So it's it's basically just different elements of my own self, which is the it's you know the old adage of like you know the, your first character is always a reflection of yourself. Does it make the? I mean, obviously, that almost it seems like cathartic to kind of work through a process by you get to do a comic that's just something you've always wanted to do and also kind of work through that aspect of yourself. Does that make sense? Yes. Did you set it out? Like, was that something that was kind of accidental? Like, or you just kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, this is me? Or was that something more conscious? It was conscious. It, it was, I, I always felt that, like, once this character came into play, he felt like me at at that time several years ago and it, it was just very natural for me to tell that story i've i've lived the experience of you know he, he's loved and he's lost and it's you know finding trying to find that again trying to find your way back to you know what we all want what everyone you know that just need that human nature desire to be with someone what, so, what, what exactly can you tease for issue three Issue three for a teaser. Um, it's obviously it's the it's kind of the middle point, right? So, right, it's really taking the the hinted at love story from issues one and two and bringing that up to the next level, um, while also getting some personal um, getting to see the main character and Soulbinder face off for the first time. 
Okay. Now, uh, what what are you what are you reading these days as a, as a fan? Now that you're you're kind of making your own comics, does it also change how you read and view other comics? Now that you've kind of lived in that aspect. Um, I mean, I'm buying less because I'm having to spend money to make comics. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, right, and between that and um, I'm getting married in three months, so uh, I have to I have to keep an eye on my comic spending as well for. You know, to keep my fiance from killing me. <laughs> um, but for the, I mean, I read, I read Saga pretty religiously. Um, and Brian K. Vaughn is my hero um, for what he does. And I just got caught. I'm keeping up with uh, Invincible Iron Man. Okay. Lately, uh, I'm really digging what Bendis is doing in there. I know a lot of people don't like Bendis, but I'm a fan of his work. Um, and that, that's. That's kind of re- that's kind of really it. I'm just mostly sporadically picking stuff up. Nothing I'm really dedicated to. Okay, it's well, tough. Like they're all doing reboots and stuff like that. So I, it's like I need to pick a direction and just go. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's the good and bad thing about reboots is that um, it's, as much as it's jumping on points, it's also a good jumping off point because it's something new and it's not necessarily as entrenched in what you're reading before. Uh, which feels like it's always something comic companies don't always realize, is that if, if they create a, such a great spot to jump in, it's also a great spot to jump out. Yeah. And, and I'm surprised that they haven't done more kind of... like the, It's almost like retention is not an issue or not something they're worried about. It's just about trying to get you know the new issue, get you buying something new, and they're not... A new reader is somehow more important than retaining a reader, which I don't really get. I mean, in a way, it makes sense where... The new reader, if they get into it, they might go to back catalogs and read that stuff. So that's that's money that the existing reader has already spent. True, but I guess I feel like with with reboots, they, there's less of an incentive for the reader to have to do that because they've kind of gone in a whole new direction anyway. Whereas way back in the day, you read an issue and there'd be like editor's notes telling you about what happened before, and you'd be like, oh man, maybe I should go check that out because there's like signposts leading you to the back issue bin. But now it's kind of like Nah, you're good. This is volume one. We're good. This yeah, that a, makes sense. It's 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 an interesting business to be in from a, a larger publisher. For a smaller publisher like yourself, I think it's it's easier because you're putting out original content. Or you're not having to worry about relaunching your story. You're just telling the story you want to tell. You're not as constrained by you know these giant characters that you can't ever kill off or really change because it's part of a, a huge corporate thing. Right. Which and is, I, I mean, I would like to be part of that just for the financial ends. Absolutely. But at the same time, like you said, the the, the being able to kill it off, kill off a, a character, I dig that. Like I'm very much in the George R. R. Martin, um, <laughs> and that's something people should potentially look forward to in the rest of Soulbinder. Um, Another tease. Yeah. So it's, I'm I'm very much in that vein where I think you know George R. R. Martin does a good thing by killing off characters it keeps you very unsettled with what might happen to your existing characters absolutely what uh if you if if you know marvel and dc came to you with you know kind of the keys to the kingdom and said you could write any character you wanted who would that character be that you think you'd have the right voice for oh geez um probably spider-man yeah yeah, or some some com- maybe a team book. I think I would be better at just I, I write I write banter well. That, that's I mean I, I mean I feel like I write banter well. I should say, 
Um, I would agree with that. I mean, just reading like the interactions between your characters in Soulbinder, I mean, it's very much, it feels like, it, it's interesting that you said you originally visioned it as a movie because it definitely plays out that way in terms of how the characters interact. Like, it feels like the pitter-patter that you would see in a movie while they're kind of going up to investigate a case or as they're investigating a scene, that they're kind of still bantering with each other, and that feels very, you know, a certain type of cinema. Yeah, so I, I feel like, yeah, that's where I'd be strong. So, like, writing an X-Men book would be pretty cool. Um, I mean, I, it's, I get Captain America's shield tattooed on my shoulder, so, yeah, <laughs> writing Cap would be pretty amazing, too. I just don't know that I could do justice for cap but i love reading it i don't know if i want to be the person controlling that which writers do you feel like have in um kind of not, not, well i guess inspired you or that you've kind of wanted to emulate in terms of certain styles or or what you bring to the to your own book like who's kind of given you that kind of inspiration um i mean i mentioned bendis uh on, on iron man his work the past several years has been amazing um, I definitely um, Joss Whedon is probably the biggest influence um, in terms of dialogue writing and sense of humor I, it's, I've been enamored with everything he's done as far back as you know the, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie and so that's huge I'm also, I mean, Brubaker Brian K. Vaughn those, those are the people that really drive me to create more Okay. Excellent. Uh, what kind of final thoughts do you have for our listeners or, again, more teases or anything you want to say about Soulbinder? Anything at all? Um, just check it out. It's, it's worth the read. Um, I should be at Boston Comic Con, so this year, if people are in that area. Um, and it's still on Comixology, right? Still on Comixology, and then actually sometime in the next two months... Um, to tease something entirely not comic related, sort of, um, I I wrote a movie. My friends and I are going to be launching a Kickstarter for that, so that we can film it later this summer. It's a romantic comedy called Sean and John Invent Sex, <laughs> um, and it's it's about um, you know a small brewing company, like an independent brewer, and they make something that gets the attention of the big corporate beer and kind of exploring the relationship between craft beer and corporate beer that's existing today. Wow, that sounds actually pretty cool. It better be. Spent <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time on it. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. And uh, for our listeners, you can look forward to uh, picking up Soulbinder number three later in the year, and you can pick up issues one and two on Comixology. Thanks again, Jimmy. Thank you. Before we jump into our final interview for the day, I just wanted to uh, give a quick uh, mention for housekeeping purposes that you can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. And now let's jump in to talk with David from Old Skull Comics. So David, thank you for joining me uh, at Comic Shenanigans today. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. Yep. I'm doing very well, so I'm glad we were able to get you on the show. All right. I know my fans are uh, excited to hear you talk and uh, talk about your art and how you get started in comics, so I guess that's a good place to start. When did you first uh, start reading comics? Right, well, <clears throat> that's a very long time ago, right? Uh, I started in, in high school, uh, making a few draws and, of course, uh, 
start writing comics uh, with uh, sound comics with image. I love image art, and <clears throat> and that's how how I begin, right? And right now I'm just uh, I'm making cover for a few few uh, uh, for a few uh, independent companies, also our own company. Oh wow, that's very exciting! So, how did you break into the industry? How did that kind of come about? Okay, uh, my friend, but uh, my associate or friend is a, is a writer. So, uh, so we had the idea for a few for one comic, and we start, and and in, we have working uh, so hard in this comic, and we said, well. Why we not uh, try to do uh, a line of comics, no? Have a few comics, and that, that's what we started. Uh, we have working in almost ten comics right now. Uh, you can read the Lunatic is right now in in, in the net. It's a free web comic, and maybe next month <coughs> we're going to 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 send the second comic. This door is uh, Lord of the Masters. Okay. Of course, it's going to be also uh, free right now, and uh, maybe in a few months we we want to take a we want to to send a, a Kickstarter uh, uh, for a kid for we could use we could we could make a few more uh, uh, numbers, right? Okay. Now, how would you how would you describe your art or? How would you describe your style? My style? Okay. Jim <clears throat> uh, Lee's always had been my, my, my guide to, to, to follow, right? Uh, I'm trying to, to, to draw like him. Uh, I really like his style. Also, uh, Mark Silvestre and, and Mike Michael Turner, also too. I try to to make uh, I try to to replace the art uh, with the style. I really like it. Uh, of course, I, I I have my own my own style, and it's uh, some kind of a fusion of the, the styles. What's um What's kind of your 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 next step or your your goals after the Kickstarter? Um, what where do you kind of want to take it? We have the, our company. Uh, it's old school comics. I don't know if you can see it right here. Mm -hmm. so it's old school comics, and, and I hope uh, we have a few. We have a good result with these comics. Uh, of course, our idea is is uh, is take some some kind of contract with a some kind of movie or maybe a, a cartoon or toys. Uh, that's what we trying. That's what we trying to do with uh, with these comics. It's not like a classic uh, superhero comics. No, it's just, uh, total different. This is like uh, anti heroes or, or crazy, many uh, super crazy stuff, mm -hmm. uh, horror stuff also. Uh, it's just many different uh, styles. What what kind of um, drew you to kind of doing something that was such a, bl uh, a different blend of genres? Because as you said, that's a lot of different styles all at once. Okay, uh, 
few artists. Uh, I only made a few covers and uh, posters. And well, I'm going to start to, to draw one because I, I almost have no time for, for um, draw all the day. But I also created the characters. Uh, my, my friend, the writer, he, he, he did uh, all the text and, and all that stuff, edition stuff. And we select a few artists, and and we we, we make a few of the comics with them. Uh, I start just one. This is the first page of one of the comics when I'm doing. Them. I don't know if you can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just I almost finished the first one. Uh, his, na- his name is Ankidu. Uh, I'm going to 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 draw it all the numbers of this one. Okay. Um, wh- what else is coming from Old Skull Comics? Uh, <clears throat> we have the Lunatic. It's already in the net, mm-hmm. in our blog. Uh, this is uh, Enkidu. Uh, I'm going to take like a, maybe three months to finish it. Uh, next month we will be we will have uh, the Lord of the Masters. Uh, uh, it's already finished, but we haven't uh, uh, we haven't uh, we haven't uploaded in the net, and mm-hmm. um, uh, we're working in on another one. It's some kind of cowboy for the future. His name is uh, Taurus, and that's what we have for for this year. Okay, um, and, and what else can we look forward to? I guess this is the main focus for 2016 is going to be on expanding this line, correct? Excellent. Uh, is there anything else you kind of wanted to say to our listeners? Okay, but uh, uh, if you are, uh, if you like to draw, as you, as to, I mean, you have to practice. Um, if you like it, you just you choose you uh, choose choose a some kind of artist and follow his style, and it's the it's the good way to to start right now. Mm-hmm. Buy a few books. Buy uh, buy a few. Uh, books, anatomy books, so they can help you to to, to perfection, and, and that's, that's all I can say, it's just practice, man. Okay, excellent, well thank you so much for, uh, for joining us for a bit today, and talking about uh, what's coming up from Old Skull Comics, and we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for, uh, for the bacon. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Comic Shenanigans. I also want to thank Jimmy and David both for being on the show. Um, if you are an indie comic creator and want to talk about your comic on the show, email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. We'll get you on the show. We'll talk about your comic. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next time with uh, our reviews episode in a couple days. Bye-bye.